It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. The Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center is the latest addition to the ever-growing Memorial Campus in Owasso, Michigan. If you're a youngster, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at a flat rate of $150. Start anytime with no enrollment fee. Included with your membership is use of the SkyTrack, locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a swimming pool, cardio exercise theater, including treadmills, ellipticals, free weights, and a whole lot more. The three of us support and wholly endorse the Wellness Center. Many great classes are also available like yoga, rock and ride, cycling, step cardio boot camp, and tons more. For more details, follow and like them on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 274 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center, now featuring special student memberships and SkyMint Cannabis. Also, our great local partners on board, AZ Printing Solutions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Our special guest we have tonight, we're going to talk some high school sports with Brady Beaton, a broadcaster for GetStuckOnSports.com. We'll be chatting with him coming up. But before we do, uh, just a short little catch-up segment. I know, Jared, you just got back home from some landscaping duties, didn't you? Yeah, it's it's brutal, man. I mean, I already know my back <laughs> is going to be very sore tomorrow. Um, yeah, have you it's found, funny. I was, was going to go ask. I just thought of this. Have you found that since you did some landscaping, you know, you worked for um, Crooked Tree and you don't, you've done some other stuff. You missed it, right? That now, now everyone just asks you to landscape <laughs> for them. Cause I, I've, I did, I did landscaping for a summer. I worked at Chippewa Hills, you know, for a right. summer. Um, I've done some other little landscape jobs here and there. And then, you know, I, I do what I do, I guess, professionally. So like people have either asked me like, Oh, you come landscape my yard. And I want to be like, I'm not a landscaper or they'll be like, come rewire my whole house you know with audio visual you know technology right. and stuff and i'm like just because i work in tv doesn't mean like i right. that's just i just thought like because you worked at crooked tree do people think like call up jared he'll landscape your yard yeah i've gotten a few i mean <laughs> my bro- brother i figured you know this is a, a solid i'll do him a solid you can um, do got that. a new house kind of almost like a house house skip type For thing sure. um I, I like doing it because it's skills that I learned that I don't want to lose. And yeah, I don't have a house. Not gonna have a house probably for who knows how God knows how long. I'm in an apartment. I, I, so I gotta I gotta keep those skills somewhat sharp uh any way I can. So that that's almost the 
the the part that I enjoy. And it's also kind of cool to feel like you're, you know, quote unquote expert uh, compared to, you know, the local person or the, the normal person with yep. s- certain things uh, that you kind of pick up after a couple of summers of, of doing landscaping. So, no, yep. I, I still enjoy it. You're out, you're out and about, you're out in the sun, you get sunshine, you can just turn the brain off. I love it because there's no stress, man. You're just, you're, you're, it's physical labor, but uh, there's no thought really going into it other than, you know, the original plan. Then you just got to carry out the action. So, yep. so that's why I enjoy it. Is there any secret, like any secret spray or secret powder that can keep animals out of your plants? Well, I gave you the tip on cedar mulch. Um, okay. You didn't listen to that, I don't think. Well, it was too late. I had already spread down the mulch I had. But what else? Cedar mulch, huh? <laughs> cedar mulch usually will help uh, re- repel some insects. I mean, peppermint. peppermint. I've heard, yeah, peppermint. I've heard garlic. I've heard things like that. Scent, stuff that has really strong scents. I, to be honest, that was a part that I never really had to deal with. Uh, right. You know, usually when you were, you come into somebody's landscape, you do the landscape, but then all that other bullshit like maintaining and yeah. animals, and you just you, that's kind of their problem to deal with. So once you pull off a lot, I mean, that I'd have never had to deal with that too much. But so you're having some issues with uh, moles or what? Oh, I'm. We have more critters this year, and they've been kind of chewing up on the on the plants we spent some decent money on. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I've had every kind of critter you can imagine. First of all, I had. Uh, snapping turtle dig up all kinds oh, of wow. mums in the back where it was planting eggs. Then I've had deer. I've had woodchucks. I've had I got rabbits all over the place, squirrels, chipmunks. And then today I get up for my cup of coffee and I look outside and there's a mom and dad freaking wild turkey with about <laughs> six babies behind them just strutting along my back patio. So it's <laughs> any animal you want to see seems to like it at my house. It must be safe out here. No hunters, right? Right. They must, yeah, they must feel nice and safe out by the lake. Yeah, uh, they do. They we always told people pep, peppermint, citrus juice. Like if you do oh. a mixture of like you know oh. some sort of citrus juice and water in a spray bottle. Okay, you can spray that around. Um, if you want to get heard, real, I also heard human hair, like from a barber shop or hair clippings. If you just spread that around, they smell that and they, oh, it's maybe. a human. I know I snakes know. and some other stuff like that. So I don't know if you're dealing with that. They don't like coffee grounds. So you could always, I know you have coffee every day, take yep. your coffee grounds and sprinkle, sprinkle those around huh. um, your flower beds. I mean, if you want to get real serious, if you're really trying to protect them, you put up some fishing line or some yeah. like chicken wire and most animals, like if they go to get it and you know, they bump into it, they're going to immediately run away. Uh-huh. So that, that, and that act, that really works. So, yeah. <laughs> All I can say, those are all great ideas. Do not do the hair one. I mean, one, I don't think you end up hair on your head, so I don't even want to know where you'd have to get the rest of the hair from. So just go just to Dowlin's. Go to God. Dowlin's in uh, Karana and say, hey, Jake, can I have your hair off the ground? Absolutely. Sweep it up, throw it in a bag for me, right? Yeah. Well, you never know where this podcast is going, that's for sure. <laughs> well, we are. Jared, you talked about it last week. I mean, you're on you're on countdown time now for vacation, right? Yeah, I mean, bright and early, I'm heading up to visit a buddy in, uh, you know, Traverse City area. We're going to play a really nice golf course up there, Kingsley Club. I can't wait. I'm like a kid. It's like Christmas nice. Eve, like going to play this golf course. I have been salivating. I've been watching YouTube videos on it. I just can't wait to get there, man. Now, no, saying that, usually those rounds that you amp yourself up for, you go and you you shoot at 100, and you just like, I can't believe I just wasted my time, and I got so excited to play so horrible. Uh, but, yeah, I just can't wait, man. Weekend, those uh, are whole week of golf. Those are one of them where you you appreciate the course. If by, you know, five or six, you're like, it's just not my day actually hitting, 
I'm just right. going to soak in. I'm going to soak in the, the scenery, scenery. and yes. I'm going to just look around and appreciate being on this course, not being at work. I was going to yeah. ask when, when's your next day at work? Not that you want to think about this, but uh, I worked so yesterday. How much time do you have off? Is- uh, I worked yesterday. I will be back next Monday. So a week from tomorrow. So you got a week off. That's nice. Take, take that week off. And enjoy enjoy it. it. Absolutely. Well, we're going to enjoy some uh, high school sports talk coming up next. We'll have our prep spotlight with Brady Beaton right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Well, next up on the podcast, uh, Out of the Thumb, Brady Beaton, broadcaster for GetStuckOnSports.com. And uh, first of all, welcome, Brady. And I just wanted to tell you, I always enjoy running into you or Dennis, you know, calling games. I know last time we saw each other, you were blasting out my microphone calling the Cronum <laughs> Marine City game. But uh, you do a great I job a over loud. there. I do apologize <laughs> for that. I've never been a quiet one. <laughs> so well, that's I, all right. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on. It is always a blast when we run into you. Yeah, of course. Now, my question, just out of the gate, uh, I really like what you guys do. Could you give us a little breakdown on Get Stuck on Sports? I understand the name is a takeoff on Dennis's last name, but tell us how that all started and and where you're going with it. So GetStuckOnSports.com, it is – it's a basically online radio for high school sports in what we call the Blue Water area. Think St. Clair's County, most of Sanilac County. We dip into a little bit of Lapeer County with Emily City and North Branch over there and a bit of northern Macomb. Uh, we broadcast uh, on the online on our website audio streams of football, boys and girls basketball, hockey, baseball, and softball. Wow. And basically between Dennis and I, we double team it so we go to two different places over the last three years we have broadcasted over 800 games wow so along with the games we do a podcast three times a week which is basically just an hour show talk show style of just area high school athletics so we'll talk about what's happening what we think's going to happen and we try to you know give a a the coverage to the kids in that area that need it and deserve it because there used to be a lot of coverage over here. It's fallen off, as I think it has a lot of places for high school. So that's what we try to do is give uh, friends, family, the athletes an opportunity to get the coverage, listen to your kids' games live, and also just be able to be involved with the community. Maybe you don't have a kid that plays, but you want to check in with how your alma mater's doing. I, I like to think we give an avenue for that as well. 
No, that's awesome to hear because um, I think the three of us can really appreciate that. You know, we're all from Corona, a little bit of a smaller community, you know, and Ted called games for over 30 years, mostly calling probably those smaller communities that you're talking about, right. obviously followed a lot of them to the Silver Dome and then Ford Field. Um, so, you know, maybe got a, a little bit a bigger stage at some point in the season. But I really appreciate exactly what you said, given those smaller communities and players who aren't going to end up on, you know, at a, a Mac school or a Big Ten school or something like that, giving them that spotlight a little bit. We had uh, Tyler Graham on last week. He runs the Twitter page um, at Mish FB Frenz Frenzy. And right. he basically said the same thing. He's from the Alma area, and he basically said the same thing. He he wanted one place where people can co go and see scores, highlights, you know, whatever. But he wanted to try and get a little shine for the kids who don't get it, you know, not the five-star recruits, you know, out of Detroit and Grand Rapids and right. stuff like that. So it's a long-winded way for me to say I think that's really cool <laughs> that you guys are trying to do that. What's I what's the background? It. What What's your guys' background? I mean – Obviously, so, probably sports interest, right? But, you know, we'll what kind of got you my, into this? My partner Dennis Stuckey, um, he for 25 years worked at the local radio station in Port Huron. He was the voice of any professional hockey team that went through Port Huron, <laughs> starting with the Border Cats back in I think 1996. As recently as he was the voice of the Prowlers, and I think his last year he did it was 2017 or somewhere in that range. So he has a lot of range there. He And when it wasn't hockey season for the radio station, he'd do high school football and some other sports just depending on what it was. So he was doing that for a long time. And I graduated from college in December of 2019. So we all know what happened about three months later. Right. <laughs> Once everything shut down, Cut, uh, cuts were made in every industry everywhere. And one of the first things to go over at his radio station was the sports department. And he was the sports department. He was the only guy there in charge of sports. So we met, it might've been the day he got let go or the day after. And we're just talking we're like, so who the hell is going to do high school sports? And we're like, well, we can do it. I mean, we can, we think we can figure it out. We can, the two of us can make it happen. And we know the area and, we, we know we can at least make the broadcast so side sound professional and quality. The question was, was all the back end stuff, the not so fun stuff, the business right. side. But Sales. So we so we cobbled that all together. And the day we he got our business license in the mail in 2020 was the day they re-shut down the high school football. So like <laughs> the third day of training camp, if you remember, oh, yeah. the kids got out. It was like the first day with pads on and they shut it down. So we kind of put it on pause and we're like, all right, maybe we'll just wait till basketball season and try to start fresh. Maybe we wait a whole year and start in the 2021 season. Obviously, we were lucky enough to get started and we basically put everything together in just under two weeks. I was on a golf course when they announced that some of the COVID restrictions had lifted. I was on the tee box when I found out about it. By the time we got to the green, high school football was announced to come back. So for about two weeks, we were everything going. We were able to cobble together a few sponsors uh, before the, the first football game. And, well, we've, we've made it last through three full seasons, and we're about to start number four. So we're, we're very lucky and very appreciative of all the support we've gotten to get to this point. Awesome. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, it really is. It's a really cool story. I mean, and it would just to talk about the worst possible time to be getting into it, but uh, right. I'm glad you guys stuck with it.
Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know too much about the thumb area when it comes to, you know, high school football. Mm-hmm. Marine City is obviously a great program that's at right. Ford Field, you know, every so every so many years. Who are some teams that we should be maybe on the lookout for this year that could maybe make a deep run in the playoffs? Who's like, who are the top teams in that area? Well, Marine City is obviously always going to be near the top. I mean, for 20 years, they have been the standard of the Blue Water area, the lower part of the thumb. Um, there's some... Port Huron and Port Huron Northern are two really good programs that have had a lot of success. The problem is every year they make the playoffs, they seem that De La Salle is in their district. So if they win that game, you're thinking, all right, they can win the whole dang thing, but we all know what success De La Salle has had. So the playoff success hasn't been there, but that's been mostly because that's the team they've run into. I mean, go on the Michigan historical site and just look at their playoffs. It's usually either they knock each other out and the winner of that loses to De La Salle. So they're two really talented programs that have a lot of athletes over there that just can't quite get to that next De La Salle level. Not a lot of programs right. can. And then the BWAC always seems to have a couple teams come out. Cross Lex has been on a really good run. They have some phenomenal players there right now. Um, a little close to you guys, North Branch. Uh, they're going through a coaching change, but they've had a really nice run. Armada is starting to really build up a program. They were some a program that didn't really have a lot of life. And then Kyle Rowley came. His dad, Bud Rowley, coached at Oxford for all those years. He's in Armada. And they won their first conference title in 20 years. They've won playoff a playoff game two years ago. And they're looking to take that next step and become what Marine City is. In fact, game week one last year, Armada knocked off Marine City. It was Marine City's first loss at home, and I think in four years. And now week one this year is the rematch in Armada, so I'm really excited for that one. Well, like I told you, we're all over the place with questions. I'm going to go back to uh, a little bit on the business end. You guys are putting out a ton of content out there. Um, Is this your full-time gig? Is this part-time and you're just spending all this extra time doing it? Uh, Tell us how it all works. So – as anyone in the broadcast industry knows, unless you hit it big, you're basically going to have your hand in a few different areas. Mm-hmm. I'd say this is the main course for me. This is what I do five, six days a week. And Dennis has been really good Let me supplement other things. But we've been lucky enough that through getting advertisers, whether it's on our live streams or on our podcast, have been able to keep this going and keep it at least somewhat financially viable for three seasons. But I think this past tax season, I had four tax forms to fill to turn in. (laughs) And this coming one, I think I'll have six or seven. So it's a little bit of other things. Um, I'm wearing actually the Motor City Rockers shirt. I work for that hockey team out of Frazier. They're in the FPHL, the same one that's in Port Huron with the Prowlers. Uh, I do color commentary for Wayne State football on the radio. I do that with Sean Belisian. St. Clair County Community College, I do volleyball boys and girls basketball stuff there for them during the fall and winter. Uh, I mentioned Wayne State. Oh, and then the USPBL uh, this summer was something new I added down at Jimmy John's Field in Utica. I've been broadcasting for them as well. So it's a little bit of everything. And then you add some freelance things here and there, or tournaments coming in, something like that. So I'll try to add that on the plate. But, yeah, Get Stuck on Sports is my main thing I do. But Dennis has been very gracious. He understands what it's like to be a young broadcaster trying to get as much exposure as possible. So he's been very gracious. Hey, if I have to miss a Friday night game to do a Rockers game Mm -hmm. or miss something to do SC4, 
he's very understanding about that. Well, I think it's very cool. I mean, we've, we've talked about it to other guests before about the hustle. And, you know, you might not may, be making a full-time living and get stuck on sports, but you're making a full-time living on sports, which is very right. Great. Yeah, right. And, the... I, and I, uh, I'm just, I was lucky enough between my parents having foresight and only having one kid <laughs> and getting a scholarship uh, to play at, at Wayne State that I was able to graduate debt free. Awesome. So I could take a little bit of a risk if I wasn't as lucky and my parents didn't have as much foresight to help save up that. Maybe I would have had to have a side gig and I'd be working at, at, a, at a food place or something during the day trying to make a little extra money to make those student loan payments. Mm-hmm. But luckily enough, I, I was just blessed to be in a position where I could kind of take a risk. And I understand that not everyone in my position could have taken that risk. So I always try to keep a little perspective with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it, as all of us know, because we work in different areas and levels of this industry, to an extent, you know, you especially starting out in the business, you can't say no to anything. Right. <laughs> you, you almost basically you have to be a yes man. I mean, unless right. like you said, unless you've got a bunch of other side businesses or you won the lotto. So you're not really hurting for money <laughs> or something like that. Like you got to kind of say yes to a lot of stuff until you re- really find your niche. Um Kind of similar to my my previous question, you know, I think the industry has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. I think all of us still agree that there's still, I know Ted definitely, he's he's kind of easing out of semi-retired is what we always say with Ted, easing out of the radio business, but there's still so much value. I think all of us agree, maybe not everyone agrees, but so much value in radio sports cover, whether, right. whether it's online, whether it's on a website, it's still radio, you know, or on you know, an over the air traditional radio station, mm-hmm. there's still so much value in covering these sports because a lot of people want it. I mean, right. yeah, maybe Michigan isn't Ohio or Texas or Florida with high school football. People in Michigan love their high school football and basketball they, and some other do. sports. They want to listen to their teams when they're going on in a way, you know, game or something like that. Um, is, is that your passion? Like, is that what you want to do? Or are you, you know, do you want to stay doing, giving these smaller athletes to shine like you were talking about, or are you looking for, you know, the quote unquote bigger and better things? Well, that's the internal battle because, you know, you fall in love with the stories of some of these kids. Like this past season, I was, we were lucky enough to cover Mr. Basketball, Tyler Jamison at Port here on Northern end. And yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah. I I apply to move on to bigger and better things. I've had interviews before and I've tried, I'm trying to add as much to my plate as possible before I realize I have to cut some loose. Hasn't gotten to that point yet, but it's going to be a tough decision when, if and when it does right. happen. And uh, I think back to I was talking, or I heard a conversation with one of my coaches at Wayne State. He left to go to another spot, and he and he basically just said, "There's never the perfect time to leave. There's never going to be this this Hollywood transition where one chapter comes to a close and it, it you're ready to ride off into the sunset." I know I'm going to have to leave something behind. I hope I can make it a clean transition if, again, if and when I do move on to something else. But it's going to be tough leaving a lot of these athletes and schools behind because if get stuck on sports, whenever it does end, whether it's hopefully not within a year or 10 years, 
<laughs> there might not be the coverage there is. And yeah, that will hurt a little bit to, to know I'm leaving behind some of these kids and whether they know it or not. And I'm sure you guys know when you start following them is you get emotionally invested in them. Like we've, I've done games for schools. I, I had no connection to, uh, I, I can think of Algonac softball last year, lost a heartbreaker to Millington in the semifinals. And I left that place and I had that same like kick in the gut feeling that I've had for, for my own teams, whether I'm watching Detroit sports or, or when I played and yeah, so that emotional connection will always be there and it will be tough if I ever move on to something that takes more of my time away. Yeah. When you, if, is there a certain game, uh, you know, in the thumb area or in your guys' coverage area that you would point to uh, for an outsider that, Hey, this, this game, this rivalry game, this stadium, this team, what game would you point to as like the best representation of football uh, in the thumb area? Port here on high and Port here on Northern is one of the best rivalries, not just in the area, but I'd argue in the state. If you've never been to Memorial Stadium, it is an awesome venue. It was built, I believe, in the late 1940s, and it's an all-concrete stadium. You have about, I'd say, 10 to 15 feet of sideline between the the concrete stands and the and the actual sideline so the fans are right on top of you and both ph and northern have had rich traditions of playing uh of having good programs but up until the last five years it had been all right northern had won 15 out of 19 and then ph won 12 out of 14 and it was kind of back and forth but the last five years there have been some absolutely talented players coming through that have been absolute dogfights. I think basically every game in the last five years has been a one-score game. And I think the most attended game was, I'm going to get this wrong, either 2018 or 19. It was uh, Darius Slay came up to the game when he was still doing the high school stuff. Yeah. And I want to say there was about eight, eight to 10,000 people packed into that stadium. And it is it is one of the, the coolest games to be a part of and, and broadcast and just watch in, in, in the right. Blue Water Thumb area. A little historical perspective from the three-point podcast historian. That would be the old guy here. Uh, <laughs> Memorial Stadium over there was built by in the Franklin Roosevelt era. Uh, it was part of the New Deal. And that stadium in Owasso, Wilman Field, and mm -hmm. at Cadillac, their field up there, which overlooks the lake, all three of them are classic concrete uh, stadiums built in that era so i just thought i'd throw that out to I, you i never knew that that's a that's a good factoid i'll have to bring up <laughs> there you go i i bring something once in a while brady <laughs> uh, but it is and it's yeah just the fan atmosphere and when you get that place rocking it is yeah it is just a, it's it's crazy and it's it's pretty cool there's not a whole lot of rivalries like that that's yeah. awesome. I'm now, looking at this uh, field. It's it's incredible. Just real quick, Ted. Before don't, you go me, ahead. I had never I'd never heard of it. Now that I'm looking at pictures, it, it does seem like a bucket list field in, in terms of of the Michigan high school football scene. So that's awesome. I'm definitely gonna have to check out a game there. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to do at least a couple games that I know of up there, and it, it, it was a sweet setup for sure. Uh, go back to your playing days. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about high school, and then obviously you played at Wayne State. Tell us about that yeah. experience. So high school, I was uh, uh, I, I played three main sports. I was football, basketball, baseball at Marysville High School. Final year, did track. But when I went down to Wayne State, spent some time there, um, was lucky enough to play 
uh, all four years after my redshirt season in some capacity. So I was very happy with that. Uh, spent a lot of great time there, and I fell in love with Wayne State. And it was kind of funny uh, when I was being recruited and going through it. Uh, the summer before my senior year, we were talking with my family, like, you don't really want to spend next four years in Detroit, do you? I'm like, nah. <laughs> and then I went down there, looked through it. It is awesome, and it has only gotten better since I've been there. I'm actually jealous of the kids going yeah. through there now. That it is, that Midtown area is incredible. Yeah. The field house, um, all the new dorms and everything on there, it's an awesome experience. But going to Wayne State, playing there was a lot of fun. Got to play with some very talented guys. Played with Anthony Pittman. His locker was right across from me current Detroit Lions. So that that's always one um, I like to yeah. name drop when I can. And uh, and luckily enough, my final game there was when we beat Grand Valley in Allendale for the first time in 35 years, oh, I believe. Man. That was a very fun night. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I remember. So I graduated from Grand Valley in 08. Mm -hmm. I was there pretty much during the height of Grand right. Valley's reign over D2 football. Jared's a Grand Valley alum also. Yep. More well, recent than, well, than me. One of I remember hearing about here, that Wayne State run. I remember right. hearing about that. From Port Huron, uh, Terry Mitchell was a Port Huron product. And I know he was there when they won national championships. So yeah. he was one of the one of the guys instrumental in that. Yeah, it was pretty uh, cool. I, I got on one. That campus. What was it like? Uh, I mean, we're I we went to Grand Valley, but uh, Tony Anise is a Corona grad, so we're all big kind of Ferris State guys. What was it like having to go against him for four years? And, and what was what would you expect from a Ferris State team? You know, as a you know firsthand perspective. Well, uh, they were they're all, they always have the, the the best athletes. It seems like they find guys out of nowhere. I mean, <laughs> who offers a lacrosse player and gets him to become a stud? Like that's an NFL. They player. always had dudes, and they always had athletes. And he was a really good X's and O's coach. And yeah, un unfortunately, we, we've had to deal with it. We we almost shocked them one year, but yeah, they they're just a really talented team. They they just have more dudes than anyone else. It always seems like, and right now it's an arms race on the west side of the state between Grand Valley and Ferris State. Unfortunate for my Wayne State team that they're in a conference with basically the number one and number two program in the country, and yeah, yeah it's. You know you're going to have to have two absolute battles. It's like if you had Alabama and Ohio State seemingly on the, in your conference every right. year automatically right there. Yeah, But Wayne State has a little bit of buzz right now. I mean, Tyrone Wheatley, the new head coach, what, oh, yeah. what do you think that's going to look like, you know, coming up this fall? I feel like the GLIAC, I mean, with all the different coaches that have come from Ferris, kind of the, in, the inner rivalries there, Tyrone right. Wheatley at Wayne State, I mean, I think it's going to be a really fun season. You know, everyone is just kind of up in the air because it was – such a weird end to the, the, the Paul Winters era right. there that Tyrone Wheatley's just kind of been very quietly doing his thing. Uh, not a lot of um, – keeps everything kind of close to the vest. So I might know a little bit, but not more than anyone else does. I know there's dudes on that team, but, again, I know he's going to be a name. And I know when he goes into living rooms, hey, dad's going to know who Tyrone Wheatley is. Right. That's going to be the appeal that when he when he talks to someone's son is that their their dad's going to at least have some name recognition. Mom and dad will know who he is. So yeah. I hope that helps with the recruiting side. But who knows? Because I haven't had a chance to meet all the assistant coaches. And you guys know that who you surround yourself with is, is, an, is as important as. 
who you are as a coach. I have a general idea of what type of offense and defense they might run, but I, I, I'm going to be as interested as anyone in, in the next coming months or so or weeks, I guess now, to see what Wayne State will look like when they kick off. And they open up at Slippery Rock, who is – Usually one of the better teams in D2, so it's not going to be an easy schedule for, for Coach Wheatley and his right. inaugural campaign. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it's all about, for head coaches, who you surround yourself with. Jared mentioned Coach Nice and his coaching mm -hmm. tree. We've had uh, Ryan Brady on, who's the head coach over at Saginaw right. Valley, you know, came from that coaching tree. So, right, it, yes, Tyrone Wheatley has that name especially in that area, but mm -hmm. it's all going to come down to, can he be, you know, a strong head coach? I think it's similar to maybe coach prime, you know, Deion Sanders at <laughs> Colorado. Sure. He, he's going to get some big recruits, probably some big transfers, but it's going to come down to, can you coach in big time D one mm -hmm. football? So I think that, you know, maybe similar with Tyrone Wheatley um, coming up, you know, we're talking about high school football is right around the corner. We've done, we do a show. We've done it for five or six years now. The prep pigskin preview yeah. is what we call it. Dennis has been our guest from your area on. So maybe mm -hmm. you guys can thumb wrestle over who, yeah. <laughs> who uh, does it for us this year. But uh, you, are, you already gave us some teams to look out for. One thing we always look for in the, that, that preview show, give us, you know, maybe three or four players that our listeners should uh, know about from your area. Well, one guy off the top of my head, and I think he's going to be near the top of everyone's list. He's from Crosslex. His name, uh, Belly Groppy. He is a running back, and he is a dude. He missed, I think, four, three and a half games last year and still rushed for over 1,000 yards. It He was kind of the in case of emergency. Our joke would be, hey, if Crosslex didn't know what to do, hit the belly button, and you're going to – something good will happen. And when they when he was in games and they lost – wasn't because of the offense. He, he was a dynamic running back. And with a coaching change going on there, I think they'll, at least early in the season, rely on him a lot to kind of get their footing to know, all right, we have this stud behind in the backfield. He will be someone to look out for. Um, a couple, another one from Port Huron, Gavin Troy. He's one that he plays both sides of the ball and he, if his body would let him, because he's battled some injuries, he'd be at linebacker all the time. He'd be at uh, running back all the time. And he was, I believe, our runner, our runner-up player of the year last year. He comes back for his senior season. He's just a dude. He's a football guy. It seems like he's always in the weight room and a guy like that. But there's a lot of we had a lot of seniors last year in the Blue Water area, so. We're looking to kind of see who that next crop is. I mean, you guys know every year by week three, you go, yeah. I had no idea who this kid is. And then puberty hit him like a freight train in the <laughs> off season. And now he's one of the, the, the best guys. We are going to have a lot of big offensive linemen. I know they don't get a lot of love in, in right. shows like this just because it's hard to quantify. And when you're doing a game, you can't watch the linemen play. But right. there's some pretty big guys all around the area that, I think are going to make some running backs lives a lot easier. I know North branch, I believe he's just a sophomore. Uh, Bickle is his name. I think he already has a central offer. Uh, the kid from Marysville, Troy Kaza. I think he's six, six, two eighty five right now as a junior. So he, he's the guys, there's a few others that I'm missing, but guys that when you show up to the field, you go, I think that guy's a good football player. <laughs> and I just saw him walk out of the locker room. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Good stuff, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, appreciate the time, Brady. This has been a, a blast. We love talking high school sports. Like Matt said, flip a coin or whatever for mm-hmm. which one of you join us on our preview show, all right? But uh, tell our listeners, we'll share away from our end. Tell our listeners the best spot to catch up with you because I know they're going to want to stay on top of what you got going on. So uh, for Everything we do, our main hub is Twitter. It's at G underscore stuck on sports. We'll put out every time we have a new podcast. We'll, we'll, pre- we'll let you know what all our games are. And during our games, we tweet out live updates. So even if you're a fan for someone maybe in the Flint area or, or not necessarily in St. Clair County, if your school plays in there, we'll give updates and if you're playing up here, you might be able to catch a few games. I know there's random teams we always end up doing two or three times. Like I think Lance Cruz North, the team we don't cover, I think we do two times just because they play at Memorial Stadium twice. So mm-hmm. even if you're not directly in the area, you can still catch up and and at least listen to the games live. We're also on Facebook. But if you just go to GetStuckOnSports.com, it's a very simple website. Our players are right there. We have a link to our live streams it's, we just use Mixler, so you just hit play for all the grandma and grandpas, made it as simple as possible to use. And we also archive our game. So if you see us at a game that maybe you didn't know we'd be at, you can go back and listen to it after the fact, too. Awesome. Well, and, and again, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been a lot of fun, Brady. We'll catch up with you down the road. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. SkyMint Cannabis is one of Three Point Podcast title partners. Stop into one of their convenient locations and get your questions answered by their expert bud tenders. Add to your summertime fun with SkyMint Cannabis. They have Michigan's best bundles for deals on flour, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as 49 bucks and also gift cards are available. Check out the SkyMint Reserve featuring a wide variety of exceptional profiles. Farm to stash grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations and counting in Michigan, including the brand new store up in Traverse City. For more details, and if you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. The Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center was recently voted the best fitness facility in mid Michigan. If you haven't experienced the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center yet, what are you waiting for? Included with your membership is use of the locker rooms private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a swimming pool, cardio exercise gym featuring treadmills, ellipticals, free weights, and a whole lot more. Also included with your membership is the use of the SkyTrack for walking, jogging, and great views of the entire Memorial Campus and surrounding area. If you're a youngster, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at the flat rate of 150 bucks. Start anytime with no enrollment fee. For more details, follow and like on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center, or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. All right, guys, uh, today was Hall of Fame Day. Congratulations to Scott Rowland and Fred McGriff making it to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Also, you know, Detroit's been pretty well represented by media members, H.G. Salsinger, a long time ago was a sports writer, I think, for the Free Press or the News. Tom Gage was inducted and Joe Falls from my era. But uh, John Lowe uh, had, was just inducted today from the Detroit Free Press. And I read a lot of his stuff on the Tiger Beat. Well-deserved. He, he, he is uh, definitely a Hall of Famer, and that's very cool to see. But my topic of the Hall of Fame, and 
I tweeted something a while ago. That I've I've retweeted a few things from a guy I follow. If if he if he the dopester, if you, oh, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He has a lot of good tiger content. Out oh there. yeah. Yep. And my big beef is this guy never gets talked about for the Hall of Fame. Maybe in Michigan a little bit, but truly should be a Hall of Famer, and that's the former Tiger catcher Bill Freehand. If mm-hmm. you look at his numbers, he was an eleven time All Star, five time Gold Glove winner. He was, without a doubt, in his era, before Johnny Bench came along, Bill Freehan was the best catcher in baseball. And if you look at his stats, they hold up to at least four or five guys on the list. I mean, there's 17 catchers in the Hall of Fame. I think the thing that keeps him out a little bit maybe is his 262 lifetime average, but he was one of the best defensive catchers of all time. Hit 200 home runs, was a clutch hitter was a part of that 68 Tiger team. The 72 Tigers, you know, they lost to Oakland in the playoffs, and they easily could have went to the World Series. I'm making a case here. All you old-time voters, you know, we talk about Trammell making it in, and now Whitaker should be. You know, we know he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Bill Freehand, don't forget this guy. You know, just because I'm bringing it up as an old fella, I remember watching him play. He was clutch, man. Jared, you asked that some of the old-timers down there at Bally, maybe Keating, Ask what he thinks about Bill Freehand, man. I think he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. If, if this was the Basketball Hall of Fame, 100%. He's in. Baseball Hall of Fame, I mean, for one, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. Barry and Bonds, obviously, the whole steroid guys, they should all be in. So whenever somebody brings up these arguments for somebody like a Bill Freehand, it's like the first thought is, well, if Bonds isn't in, for God's sakes, Bill Freehand shouldn't be in. <laughs> but – I, I don't know. I mean, something about the Hall of Fame, you have to be a legend, man. You, you know, the old famous Sandlot quote, heroes get remembered, legends never die. I, you said this guy's name. I already forgot it. I, who, I don't know who he was. He was before my time, before your time, to be honest. No, he was in my time. I was a kid, but. <laughs> I mean, so I almost don't consider that your time. If you had to listen to this guy on the radio, he really wasn't your time. Um, <laughs> you, know, you never really got to see him. But I don't know. I mean, I'm just pushing back a little bit. But you can push back. But numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. You look at the numbers of the Hall of Famers that are in there. I mean, you threw out 200 home runs like it was some incredible stab. I mean, I hear that and like Miguel Cabrera like tripled this guy's numbers. Yeah, but I'm not not trying to shortchange any of the names you're throwing out there. I'm just saying you look at the catchers. And by the way, he was MVP runner up in '68. He was he played in the pitchers era. I think in '67, I want to say there was one 300 hitter in the American right. League, and that was Carly Stremski. I think he batted 306, the only 300 hitter. So I'm just talking, Jared. That era, and that guy, he never got any buzz, and he should have been in the Hall of Fame. I yeah. mean, but that's that's all you should know. The fact that this guy wasn't getting buzz. At the time, he's a forgettable player. There's a lot of guys who you look at their stats and you go, "Wow, he should have been in the the Hall of Fame." You didn't know. You know what I noticed about your whole case? You didn't name one specific moment. No memory. No. You said, "Oh, he was a clutch player." What, what's that clutch moment? MVP, runner up in '68, <laughs> played on the '68 World Series champions, was caught almost damn near every game. Jim Price backed him up. I mean, what 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 moment do I need to say? I mean, I, yeah. I lived it. I lived it. Yeah, I mean, I Matt, th- am I wrong? The case is you got to have a moment, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, I bet you could go through. I mean, well, first of all, I I've heard a lot about Bill Freehand because he was one of my dad's favorite players too. You know, same same era as Ted, so I heard yeah. about Bill Freehand all the time. Um, the moment thing, like Scott Rowland just got in. What's his moment? 
you yeah, know, like four all star games, I think. Four all star. I don't when want when you say him. 11, 11 all stars, 11 all star, Bill Freehand on a World Series. He was the starting catcher for a World Series team, MVP you know, runner up, MVP runner up. And you know, I, I think that's enough to do it right there because we, we could go through if we were like, like you said, it'd be a rabbit hole. But if we wanted it to would. go through, we could probably list a number of guys who don't have a moment. You know, I, I think Scott Rowland is one of them because he was one that it was kind of like, He's probably going to get in because his whole career he was one of the best third basemen in the league, but he never really like I don't know took the league by storm. You know, maybe like a Miguel Cabrera when he won the Triple Crown and stuff like that. So, I, you guys know my thoughts on the Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I think yeah. it's very cool. You know, I think it's still you know very prestigious to make the Hall of Fame. I just think it's a big crock of crap basically because guys like a Lou Whitaker, guys like a Bill Freehand can't get in when they're clearly deserving and it's just people voting. So it's really probably some people just don't like Lou Whitaker. So they're not going to vote him in or it's media members who maybe Lou Whitaker didn't give him the time of day. So they're just not going to vote him in because they didn't like him or something like that. That's part of my problem. Or with the whole steroid thing, people aren't going to put Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire and these guys in because all of a sudden they're on their moral high ground about steroids. So they're not going to put Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds and some of these guys in. It's like, come on. 11 all-stars and the starting catcher for a world series team. Bill freehand deserves to be in. <laughs> I think so too. And, Lou, and I Lou think Whitaker. the one thing that hurts him, one thing that did hurt him is just one world series. I look at the list of right. the other catchers, you know, you get guys like Yogi bear have obviously yeah. de- deserved to be in there. And like I said, Johnny bench, that was a, a for sure, but there's other guys like Ted Simmons, even Rick Farrell's in, he, his numbers don't look that good. And even Carlton Fisk, he hit more home runs. He hit like 350 home runs. So he deserves to be in. He also had some moments like Jared was talking about the yeah. moment where he's waving the ball fair. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, who now, who were the two guys you said got in this year? Scott uh, Rowland, Scott Rowland and Fred, the crime dog McGriff. Now, now Fred McGriff deserves it. Cause when you talk about moments, he had some moments with the Braves and stuff. So he, he and, deserves it. And the Jays. And yep. Um, are those, are those guys that played in like the sixties or were they recent? I, I'll say, I don't know who they are. Late, Scott Rowland was like 90s, early 2000s. Crime, yep. Fred McGriff was like late 80s, 90s. Yep. Wow. So um, it's crazy to me how how yeah. you know kind of guarding they are of the of the MLB, uh, you know, Hall of Fame baseball. Yeah. Hall of Fame. It makes it no makes sense. No sense. I mean, it two makes guys no getting in a year, uh, and it's like, man, they they like wrapped up their careers. You know, who knows how long ago? It's just it's just stupid. I appreciate that it's hard to get in. But at some point, you lose all credibility, and we don't need to go down this road. I already said this once again. Barry Bonds, all these other key players who don't get in. I mean, Lou Whitaker, it makes no sense why he's not in. Honestly, if you right. would have had this same sort of pitch for Lou Whitaker, I would have been right behind you, Ted. He should be in 100%. Um, baseball is just a funny sport. I think once your kind of time sort of passes, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, this guy played baseball 100 years ago. Let's induct him in now. No, if you weren't inducted by your peers when your time was up uh, and it was time to be inducted, you, you don't deserve to get in unless it's like a Barry Bonds type situation where it's like you're, you're retroactively correcting something that was really egregiously wrong. Apparently right. this guy was not looked at that way at his time. So well, who am I to say you should be in? If, if, if your peers and the voters of that era didn't think you deserved it, why should, why should I think you deserved it? Now that, that side to it, I can somewhat agree with you because that that's again, one of my other beefs, I guess with the hall of fame is that they give these guys however many years to be on the ballot 
And a lot of times, maybe they start off only getting 1% of the votes. And then a year after year, it goes up and up. And then finally, by the 15th year, they get in. And I'm like, if you didn't think this guy was Hall of Fame worthy the first year he was on the ballot, what changed? His stats haven't changed. His moments haven't changed. You know, so kind of to that point, what you're trying to say, Jared, I do kind of agree. If Bill Freehan didn't, if, you know, the, the Hall of Fame people didn't think that he deserved to get in, in the mid eighties, why should he get in now in 2023? I'm not saying he shouldn't be. I think he should be, but I, I do agree with that. That is weird about the hall of fame. Well, it's, it's funny, Matt. You're, and you're right. You're right. There's, there's some validity to that, but that's why they, at least they, they came up with this old timers committee. These people that are like in my age group that are older, that remember these guys back then that maybe got overlooked for whatever reason, let's face yeah. it. A lot of these sports writers were assholes. Who knows? Maybe they didn't like Bill Freehand. You don't know. That's like Jared said, this whole steroid thing, it's ridiculous that they're banning those guys. They played in that era. Okay, did they they do things wrong? Well, okay, yeah, but there was a ton of players that did. They still would have had Hall of Fame numbers without the steroids, I think. You yeah. know, they were baseball players, for God's sakes. It, it is kind of a sticky wicket, for sure. But I'm, I'm sticking on it. Bill Freehan's my man. Get him in there. And but, along but, with that, Mickey Lolich probably deserves to be another look at to be in the Hall of Fame. Lolich, isn't the Lolich thing? His, his window was pretty small when he was dominant, right? He didn't have, like, a long... Isn't he that probably whole... had a six-year run where right. he was leading the league or right up at the top of the league striking out. Talk about having moments outdueling Bob Gibson in game seven of the 68 World Series and winning three games and pitching all those complete games. I mean, yeah, the window may have been a little shorter, but I don't know. Yeah. I just remember that. That's what I've heard people say a lot about Lolich. His, you know, like Roger Clemens was great for 20 years, basically, you know, whatever. Lolich, maybe a little smaller window. But All I'll say, and this is, I mean, this is the biggest dead giveaway that this guy just kind of came and went. And I, I don't want to like, again, if you would have been voted in, I'd be cheering it. You know, it just, I hate it. And, and this is two points being made. First point, he passed away a few years ago. There's nothing I would hate more for him to get inducted in like three years. So like, if you didn't want to give him his flowers when he was alive, it's almost <laughs> like a slap in the face that you want to induct him now that he's passed away. Right. Looking at his stats, I agree. He should be in, but another red flag and it's, you could blame it on Tigers fans. I mean, obviously Sparky Anderson wore 11, uh, but Bill Freehand was way before Anderson, if I'm not mistaken. Why is this guy's jersey not retired? Yeah. Well, there's a few that probably should be retired that aren't. That's a fair question, but yeah, that's beside the point. I mean, it Let's just see. it would just be weird to me. This guy's in the, the baseball hall of fame, which is apparently the most the hardest thing to get into. It's harder to get in get get into <laughs> than it is to escape Alcatraz. But yeah, his jersey isn't even <laughs> retired by the Tigers. Here's another thing you should talk about, Jared, with your friends. Why don't the Tigers have a Detroit Tiger Hall of Fame? A sure. lot of other a lot of other major league teams do. That'd be that'd be really cool, wouldn't it? It would be. I'd be curious to hear the reason why they yeah. don't have, you know, like Yankees Yankee Stadium has it and it'd be cool to have that out. You know, they've got the statues at Comerica yeah, Park, right. but not necessarily like a Hall of Fame or whatever. Yeah. I yeah, think that's, I, that's not a bad point. I, I I love I think Comerica. I love their statues. They're so cool. I can't wait to see them. Oh, they are cool. build the jerseys on the on the on the cement out in the outfield. I think that's awesome as well. I, I don't know. Hall of Fame. It's an interesting point. Maybe maybe yeah. it is something that could be coming down the road. How many years does it take to build a Miguel Cabrera statue at Comerica <laughs> Park? Is Shouldn't that happening next year? 
Right. I don't know. You would think that that's something maybe they could be building and unveil it for him, like, you know, right on his last game. Like, that would be cool. Right. But th- I bet that's something that'll probably come when his jersey is retired. You know, th- yeah. they'll sell some tickets for that ser- that weekend series, uh, you know, when he comes back in whatever, five, ten years. That's when right. they'll unveil it. I'll end this segment with this. Another cool uh, statue out there would be uh, Freehand holding up Lolich in the air after that yeah. last out of the 68 series. That was a classic photo. That That'd is a cool. great statue. Like, so there's this moment. Well, where was that 10 minutes ago in this argument, man? Well, look, man, we're doing this live. You think I can think of things off the top of my head at 67 damn years old? I mean, he's, he's got he's got the shirt and the hat on. Uh, what else do you want? 84 shirt. <laughs> right. All right, where are we yeah. going from here? What I just I had one quick thing on British Open. We don't got to spend much time on it. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it was somewhat of a, of a, of a forgettable tournament just because Boring. it was such a blowout. I mean, Brian Harmon, sometimes you just got to tip your cap. I, I I'm always kind of the one of those guys that is sort of rooting for, you know, the guy that's way ahead of everybody else to kind of fall apart, but because it was so overboard, the fact that this was kind of a no name guy and you have guys like John Rahm, you know, Roy McElroy right underneath him. A lot of people were coming at this guy's throat fans, bitching at him, yelling at him, heckling him, basically why he's golfing so much so that I, I had a 180 where I'm like, I'm rooting for this guy. This is so cool. Seeing him just light up this course. I mean, he was undoubtedly this weekend, the best player in the world. I mean, one by six strokes. It's unbelievable. Nobody came close to him. Nobody nobody else got to 900 at any point, 1000 at any point, 1100 at any point. Like, he was far and away the best player. Uh, and so I just had to respect that. But, I mean, I think the biggest story coming out of this weekend was, one, Rory McIlroy just hasn't won a major since 2014. Nine years, going to be 10 years next year. Mm-hmm. 33 of 36 greens in regulation, you know, go, heading into Sunday. I didn't have time to kind of get the final tabulations, but 33 of 36 greens in regulation and only five birdies. He just can't putt. Yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. You only have five one putts out of 33 chances there. I mean, it just couldn't couldn't get anything to drop. He's always struggled with his putter. He's the best ball striker, best driver of the ball, but just never can get that putter going. I mean, when he finally breaks through, which I think he will, uh, you know, over the course of the next four or five years, it will be the biggest story in sports, you know, for that entire week or, or that month. I can't wait to see it. But it's just a bummer to see him struggle so much because he's such a big name. He had the famous, you know, stood on the PGA shoulders, quote unquote, uh, against LIV and ended up getting backstabbed. So I think everybody kind of roots for him. It's just a bummer that he can't ever seem to get that putter going because uh, he's been so damn close so many times. It's almost like the definition of the yips in golf. It just seems like it's got to be in his head, you know, when he has right. a a semi easy, not you know, putt for a birdie, and you you know he's got to be thinking about it in the back of his head. It's almost like he just has to get the monkey off his back too. Maybe like Ricky Fowler, you know, Ricky yeah, Fowler yeah. finally got that win. Maybe he can finally start playing a little looser. Well, it's, it's almost like McElroy needs that. He needs to win a major and just get back to because, like you said, everything else about his game, he's probably the best on the tour. You yeah. just can't put. I thought you were going to say that the the big takeaway was the the waggles, the waggle count for Brian Harmon. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's a negative, you, man. He, do you do you make anything of that? I couldn't believe that. Okay, I didn't watch every hole. I didn't watch every minute of coverage. I'm kind of surprised that NBC put a waggle counter on <laughs> the broadcast. Like I, I get like that's what everyone was talking about on Twitter and stuff. Oh yeah. Right. How long he would take waggle, 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 check, 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 <laughs> waggle, waggle, waggle before he hit the ball. I almost feel like you're they were making like almost like a mockery of it. You know, like if that was Tiger Woods, you know, would they do that? Tiger Woods in his prime, even now. 
Yeah, I, that was really strange to me. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, yeah, it was kind of bizarre to see that, especially considering he's leading it. I guess that's probably why. It's like, what else are we going to talk about? I mean, we might as well break into the, you know, break into the deeper down content and maybe get some laughs out of this. Yeah. But I will say that is my one detract on Harmon. Dude, hit the hit damn the ball. <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't stand slow golfers. And, and it's trickle down. You know, people watch these PGA players. And, you know, in the middle of a log jam on a Saturday, you know, in Oxford golfing, that's what you're watching in the group ahead of you are these guys who take goddamn forever to hit their shots. Uh, so I will agree. The man. binoculars out and they're checking their scorecard. They're checking their yardage marker and doing all this. Yeah. Stuff. Dude, just grab your seven iron, get up there and hit it. Hit what the damn doing? ball. <laughs> it's it's, cra- it's crazy. Um, I just had to say this one more thing on, on that tournament. What a cool course. Uh, yeah. Royal Liverpool at uh, um, Hoy Lake. Wow. It just It's everything that golf should be. It's difficult. These guys really were challenged. I mean, the greens were, were tough. The bunkers all over the course. It's kind of funny how easy it is to make golf courses hard. People overthink it. Trees, water. Dude, just throw a few bunkers down there. Have the oh, fairways yeah. lead into those bunkers. Make it so that if you hit it into those bunkers, you're basically taking a stroke penalty. I mean, the most electric... Uh, hole the weekend was was day number one Roy McElroy hole 18 took two shots to get out of the bunker holes a par save crowd <laughs> loses their mind I mean I love that type of golf I mean Harmon earned it minus 13 yeah. at that course you saw it no other nobody else even came close yeah. you just gotta tip your cap I mean just what a cool course the British Open never disappoints uh, and they really made that course tough with the internal OB they had that was a hot topic on hole 18 hole three I, I just loved it the course delivered the rest of the players, the stars, John Rom had his, has had his moment in the sun on Saturday uh, with a 63, which is incredible, incredible. The hottest he's ever been on a golf course, he said. Um, so it just, we didn't get those stars showing up like we would have yeah. hoped, but Brian Harmon took it away. And, and overall, still was a pretty cool tournament. Being, being a golf guy, quick question just came to my mind. If you had a bucket list, one event to go see in golf it's the, the masters, masters or st andrews and see it's the, the british masters. open at st andrews it's the masters if it wasn't the masters it would be st andrews 100 okay. um, right. i mean it's the masters man you can't beat it uh the exclusivity of it the the beautiful flowers the the buzz the green jacket the pageantry i mean you just gotta appreciate it it's so cool fair enough all right before we move to uh entertainment tonight just real quick uh, how about we'll talk just a tad bit of soccer. How about Messi, his debut for Miami, game winner as time expires, and uh, U.S. women in the World Cup. Uh, I'll probably be watching a little bit of that coming up. The Messi thing is just one of the more incredible stories. I know we don't, uh, this may be the, we First. could probably count on one hand the, the times we've talked <laughs> yeah. soccer on this podcast. I, admittedly, I'm the most casual soccer fan there is. I'll watch the World Cups when they come around. I'll watch maybe, you know, a moment like Messi in his first game, stuff like that. But I'm not watching on a daily basis by any means. Um, but it, it's one of those moments that, you know, only happens in sports. You know, this he's he's really the best player in the league. He, he recently won the World Cup with Argentina. He was voted the best player in the world, you know, after that tournament. And he comes to play in the MLS, which for the most part in the soccer world is a league that's laughed at. You know, Minor people league. people don't take the MLS seriously at all. So for the biggest star in the sport, basically, to come over here and play for a club that's not even the best club in the in the league, Miami is one. You know, they're kind of middle tier basically. So for him to play for them, come in and you see LeBron is there and Serena Williams is there and you know um, David Beckham is one of the owners. So you know that's a big deal. 
And then, of course, yeah, like you said, he comes in and he hits the game winner on his first game. It's just like a script that only sports can write, and it's just mm-hmm. such a cool thing. Um, so he there's there's a club in Charlotte, Charlotte FC, in the MLS, and the minute that he signed with Miami, he Miami's coming up here in October on a Saturday in October. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of people who work at Bank of America Stadium where they play and where the Panthers play, um, and then like couple friends know people who work for charlotte fc you know that kind of thing and everyone has talked about that those tickets went like 10 times like yeah. tickets that were going for 50 bucks 60 bucks now going for honestly a couple thousand because wow. messi is going to come and they usually for those games they they do pretty well with attendance but they kind of tarp off the like the upper deck right. they only sell tickets for like the lower, lower. they're right. opening up the whole stadium they're wow. going to sell tickets for the whole thing um I would I would try and maybe go. I'm not going to spend you know eight hundred dollars or you know something ridiculous, but I would I would look into going. That's how big of a deal Messi is. And there's certain like people would be oh well he's at that he's like he's a he's a you know he's a shell of what he once was. Dude, he just won a World Cup and he was a key contributor on that team. Hell yeah! Uh, and there's something to be said about the the true goats. It doesn't matter how old they are. I mean, Jordan, people were people were going to see Jordan when he was on the Wizards. Uh, I mean, right. Kobe his final game. I mean, what a memorable time that was. Something about those those go to goats. It doesn't matter how old they are, how scrubby they get. It's still they're gonna pack seats, and it's still really cool to go see them play. To say you saw them play, I mean, yep. just storybook ending first game. I mean, it really was kind of brushed under the rug, at least on our podcast. What a huge story it was that he came to Miami into the MLS. I believe yeah. he has like an ownership uh, yeah. stake or something now, so he's gonna be you know a mainstay in this league. You would think for time to come. I would love nothing more than for the MLS to finally like pick up some steam than actually be something to watch or something to talk about, man. I mean, they've been trying. It's it almost kind of crazy. It seems like it would have folded at some point, uh, but it's still kicking. And this was such a huge get, and it's so cool that he's in Miami. I mean, you saw it. The stars were out. Kim Kardashian, Serena Williams, LeBron. I mean, it's you got to appreciate it. A spectacle is a spectacle no matter how it comes or what sport it's in, and, and I can appreciate it. If I could get tickets to it, I would go see him play, Matt. Amen. All yeah, right. So there's a there's a club in uh, um, Detroit. It's in the league that's like below. Yeah, Detroit MLS or whatever. Um, I'm trying to look real quick. We can move on, but I saw someone tweet out after that, um, after Messi's game, basically like when David Beckham, because he famously came and played in L.A. Basically similar, you know, he was, right. he was past his prime, but you know, he he came and played in L.A., finished his career, huge deal. Um, they were showing the numbers of what an MLS club was worth then. And even when David Beckham bought Miami versus now they were showing like TV viewership and all that kind of stuff. And it's honestly skyrocketed. Yeah. I mean, we may not watch it or, you know, obviously it's not going to be as big as like the NFL ever, but um, these clubs and, you know, these teams have very almost like cult followings, especially in areas like Miami. Uh, Charlotte actually has a really big following here too. Um, LA, you know, soccer fans like are crazy, that. man. They, and and it's so, you know that Detroit football club. Um, I I knew nothing of it till I got down here. Some coworkers were telling me about it. I saw a video of their games. It is chaos, smoke, uh, bobs, chanting <laughs> nonstop, packed house. Yeah. It, it is quite the event. I mean, we. Right. I think I need more than just about anything in this world. Uh, boots on the ground, Ted, just to get your. It, it seems like you'd be like an alien, you know, on Earth if you were in that setting. <laughs> I, I just don't think you totally understand what it is. It is nuts. Yeah. You you w- could get killed in one of them crowds. <laughs> They're crazy. That sounds appealing. 
Sounds we'll say, <laughs> uh, Flint, Flint actually has a, a soccer team that does pretty well at Atwood Stadium as well. I don't know oh, what really? division that is, but uh, it's on the Channel 12 News. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on, boys. Let's go to a little entertainment tonight right after this short pause. If you're over 21 and like to enjoy your buds, check out Sky Mint Cannabis. It's summer and here in Michigan, we all love to cook out. Go to the lake, enjoy campfires and s'mores. Skymint has what you need to enjoy the great outdoors. Farm to stash grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations and counting in Michigan, including the new store in Traverse City. Check out the Skymint Reserve. It features fantastic profiles. Great deals on Michigan's best bundles for flour, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as 49 bucks. Gift cards also available. If you're over 21, Go online at skymint.com, see what's available, and sign up for the rewards program. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, Jared. I heard you went to the movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say this. No need to argument. I'm not trying to poke the bear with Ted. I do it you know, every pod. I will say, I know you didn't go to the movies this weekend. I mean, dude, at some point, this Ted Entertainment segment, it's losing its mojo. It's losing its gas. I mean, this was a must-see theater event with Barbie and Oppenheimer, the marketing, the campaign, everything around it. You had to have been there in a seat, in a theater, seeing one of those movies, preferably both, for the sake of this podcast, for the sake of this segment. I love this segment. The name's great. The chime is great. The music's great. We love it that you lead it. We needed you there, boots on the ground, (laughs) second time I said that covering this event because i tell you what i went to go see oppenheimer this weekend you walk in people are taking pictures in front of the barbie sign you walk the theater on the right the theater on the left theater on the left uh is all barbie pink uh pictures everywhere all over it the theater on the right has like fallout shelter like caution tape over it with like a nuke sign on it i was loving it i still love going to theaters especially when it's something like this you know top gun maverick oppenheimer barbie uh, it, it was awesome to go to the theater. So just real quick, I'll give you the, the, the platform to rebut that. What did you, why did you not make it to the theater this weekend? Well, number one, I don't go to see every premiere. I mean, I, it was just recently, like within the last two weeks, didn't I say I saw Indiana Jones? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes. doesn't that count? No, nobody, yes. no culture. The Indiana Jones was a little <laughs> drop in the Yeah, pot. but I don't, I don't succumb to this pop culture i have to be at the theater oh did you wear your pink outfit did you watch both at the same time did you barbie heimer did you do it jared did you do that there's some there's a little bit of attitude coming with that right there he gave me the attitude i mean but but but, i mean come on man (laughs) theaters are dying they're trying everything the marketing was was top notch for for these two things It, it was something that you don't see every day two you know blockbuster movies getting dropped same night i mean it was cool man I, and I'm it was, not denying it was, that. I'm not denying you having your your pleasure. That's fine. And no I, dog and me, it's going to be there for another couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're not going to have the 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 crowd, the energy, the 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 souvenir cups. The people I don't thrive on the crowds. The believe me, I like it when it's more empty. 
I don't. That's why he goes to the matinees. Exactly. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, I'm just saying maybe next week we get a review of both films. If that's not too much in your busy schedule, um, during we got on a way coming up. So that's right. A week after that. (laughs) Yeah. So so a couple weeks. Stay tuned, three PV listeners. We will have Ted's review of Barbie and Oppenheimer. So what's your review? Give your Oppenheimer. So uh, first off, I'll just give you my rating right off the top: two point seven on three point pod scale. Just a really interesting movie, man. I mean, it took about 30 minutes for me to fully kind of understand what they were doing. I mean, there's a few different timelines they follow. So one is basically, you know, them building this nuke at, uh, you know, Project Manhattan at Los Alamos, which I had no idea what Los Alamos was. It's basically what it was for people. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, so don't worry. Uh, basically, what Los Alamos was is it's this um, basically this town that they had to make to try and recruit these, you know, all the top physicists in the world to come to New Mexico to test this nuke. Basically they had to build a barbershop. They built, uh, you know, a bunch of houses. They built, um, you know, a market. Like is, this is like a, basically a little town they built from nothing just to, so that they could recruit all these people in the middle of nowhere. So I thought that was really cool. I didn't know that, but this, this movie stars galore. Every time a new character is introduced, it's an A-list star, even for like the most minute, you know, 30-second role. I mean, it's Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but people love her. Matt Damon, I mean, he kind of won the movie, in my opinion. I thought he was great. Robert Downey Jr., Rami Malek, Casey Affleck, Emily Blunt, Jason Clark, just to name a few. And then there's a ton of other guys like Josh Peck, who you're just like, I know that guy. So I was blown away by the amount of guys that Christopher Nolan got to commute to this movie. Uh, I mean, Killian Murphy, outside of Matt Damon, I thought he was great. He nailed it. He is Oppenheimer. When you think of it, when you see pictures of this guy, just totally embodied it. Uh, It was a little bit slow out the gates, but once you get to the point where they're starting to recruit this kind of super dream team of physicists to come build this nuke, it really takes off from there. So I'd say like the first hour, it's a little bit slow. Be patient. It gets going uh, and it ends up being great. There's a few really, really, really good scenes. No spoilers. Uh, I mean, obviously when they finally get to test the nuke, at Los Alamos, you would think because we know what happens, like, oh, this is just whatever. I mean, obviously, it's going to work. It just was really interesting how they built up the whole hype to that. I mean, it's crazy when you look back in those shoes. They had no idea what the hell this thing was going to do. They're like, this could end the entire world. Right. This could, like, break gravity. This could break break everything we know. They had no idea. I mean, it's funny. The guys are putting on sunscreen to watch this nuke test. They have welding glass that they're looking through. That the, Some of the soldiers that were there are, like, laying on the ground looking at the hill off in the distance so that when the light hits the hill, they spin around and turn and look. It just was really cool. Um, the one part I didn't think Chris, Christopher Nolan totally nailed was the kind of relationship between Florence Pugh and, and Killian Murphy. I didn't totally understand why they had that in the film. I thought it was, you know, a little bit like kind of forced. Christopher Nolan actually said in an interview, like this is the best he's ever nailed, like the love in movie. Mm. So I was going into this like, wow, this is gonna be like a Romeo and Juliet story. Her role really wasn't as big as I thought it would be. Uh, and I didn't think that it was totally nailed. Again, I just didn't think that was that necessary to the film, but whatever to each his own. Some people probably loved that part of the film, but I just didn't think it was necessary didn't really get much out of it. I mean, Florence Pugh, every time she's on screen, she's like basically naked. So it's like, I don't know what this character is, oh. really, but uh, again, and that's just Nolan. He's, the, he's a movie legend. I mean, the Batman trilogy, my all-time favorite movie, so I'll never complain about something he does. But I didn't think this movie was for everyone, but for people like us, you know, who love our history, love World War II, I mean, nukes, what an interesting kind of topic, really. I thought it nailed that. Uh, and just Robert Downey Jr. is great. You know, Matt Damon, obviously, he's great. Killian Murphy's great. It just the fact that the star power that was behind this film, it was just another interesting layer that kind of kept you loving it. So I, I love the movie. I, I could see why people maybe would think it was boring, but for me, I, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen the last two hours of it. 
no, I'll be I'll be excited to see it for sure because I've I've read a few reviews trying to stay away from spoilers. I mean, yeah, most of us know the the gist of the story or whatever, but trying to stay away from the big spoilers. But when you when you put every name that you just listed and then directed by Christopher Nolan, I mean, with a with a story or a topic as cool and interesting right. as as that, I mean, you know, it's going to be good. So I, I def and it does seem like one that would be better to see in the theater. I don't know about better, but you know, it, it seems like one that'd be cool to see in the theater. Yeah. But, the sound is incredible. The soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Uh, and I'll be so like, I didn't even know Matt Damon was in this movie. It's like, I, I didn't see him in any of the, the, the lead up to it. You saw a lot yeah. about Donnie jr. Florence Pugh, Killian Murphy. You saw them all over the place at red carpets. I didn't even know he was in it. Yeah. And he had a great part. It was, really really good movie really cool history piece you learn a lot it's kind of hard to follow i think it's worth a rewatch. you know now that you right. kind of know where it's going what what these three different kind of time frames are i mean it's christopher nolan you know he kind of is always kind of makes things a little bit more difficult or harder to follow than maybe they need to be but i just loved it plus he filmed it on a special kind of film from what i understand it's like not IMAX film, but it's a, it's a real like wide millimeter film. or something. I, yeah. What I understand is basically the, it, you can only watch that type of film at like only 19 theaters in yes. the country. So and one of them's in Grand Rapids, actually. Yeah. So that sounds like how Ted can maybe make it up for not catching either the Barbie or Oppenheimer. If you guys had to pick what movie are you guys, would you guys have been? Cause I'll be honest leading up to it. I was like, we were going to go see Barbie. Right. Um, and then kind of, I had like a last second change of heart where like, I got to go see Oppenheimer. You know what? I, so I ended up being an Oppenheimer guy, but that's kind of the big debate. Uh, which one would you guys have been? Well, my wife actually mentioned about Barbie, and we almost went to Barbie yesterday to tell you the truth. But uh, I would rather see Oppenheimer. And my question to you is, since you gave me all that grief, which was fine, we we have fun with it. I mean, it wasn't a fair. Why point. didn't you see both of them? Why, like that's, that's the point. big thing. That's a good point. I, because I'm too obsessed with golf. And then I worked on Saturday, so it's like I I could have you know done the whole double feature thing. I mean, I, I love going to the theaters, but I tell you what, man, six hours in a, in a movie that's I don't know if I could do it. That's I, tough. I, it would be awesome if you did it. I, I don't know. I feel like I put a lot of like you know dreams and aspirations on like what you should do with your life. You do, but, you do. There's something funny about you buckling up for a two two feature. Uh, day in Barbie and Oppenheimer that I would love. What would you guys? It, it's a long that, that I've done it a few times. It's a long day. You it know, is. it sounds like a great idea, but when you get into that second movie, it, you're you're definitely a little tired. Luckily, these two movies are almost like polar opposites. Yes. You know, so that might keep you awake a little bit. To be honest, I, I definitely want to see Oppenheimer. I really want to go see Barbie. I mean, I really do. I've a bunch of people that I work with said it was a fantastic movie. It's That's a shame. Said that the people at least what i've seen the, the people right. that i've seen who are taking shots at it are oh. doing it because of their political views and right. they're oh. trying to they're trying to turn it into right versus left like people do with everything they're they're saying that this movie is like a feminist type of movie and it's a it's a left-wing propaganda type oh, of movie boy. and stuff like that and i just think i just think people are stupid to be honest with you it's just a movie um right, right. but you know like i i you know again kind of like everything you listed uh, all the actors the talent and everything like that with oppenheimer i think it's very similar with barbie there's there's some very a-list actors and actresses in that movie and the people that i've talked to have, that have seen it have said like the script is great there's comedy there's some serious stuff there are some some messages you know some like life lesson type messages in it um it's funny like i don't know if i said that but you know like ryan right. gosling is is apparently fantastic margot robbie i mean how can you go wrong so um no i really want to see barbie I, I really do want to go see it 
Well, yeah. I might see both. It won't be for the next podcast, but give me a couple weeks before football. <laughs> yeah. They'll be out there. I'll be curious when they'll pop on, you know, whatever streaming service. Exactly. What, what do you guys make of the theaters? Like, Matt, is did either of these movies get you out of your chair to go see, to go see it? Maybe, obviously, maybe not this weekend, but uh, is it something that you have to go see it in theaters? What do you guys make of the movie watching experience? I'm still 100% all in on the movie going experience. The biggest thing for us is finding sitters for the kids mm-hmm. and getting our work schedules, you know, right. to align or whatever. So, honestly, if, if we were close to family or something and had grandparents that we could just be like, Hey, we want to go to a movie or something like that. We'd probably go to the movies fairly often. Um, but I, like, honestly, that that's the biggest thing. I love going to the movies. Yeah. You know, it's a little more pricey and stuff, you know, you end up spending a little bit of money, but I, I appreciate everything you said about going and, yep. you know, you got everything that that's pink over here. And then you got everything like war movie over here. Right. And then, you know, you're buying the popcorn and you're buying a drink and stuff like that. I think that's all very cool. Yeah, I do love going to the movies still. I was a little surprised. This is this is an old man thing. Even in Owasso now, they have reserved seating and they have structured seating. So you can pay extra money to get, you know, a seat that reclines and has a little table next to it where you can put your food on. And I was surprised to see that's already gotten into Owasso. It's, it's been out in the bigger cities for quite a long time, but uh, it surprised it. me. You like I, I don't it. have a problem with it. It's not like it's not like it's like a thirty dollar ticket for one of those chairs. I mean, a no, lot of I times know. these theaters, it's it's almost depressing. You you know, and even like I'll be honest, like the one thing I detracted from it is I went to this movie, and they put you in the side theater. You know, it just it's I love mm. being in the like you. It sounds like that's perfect for you, Ted. You yeah. love like just being the only guy in the theater. Almost, I love the experience. I love right. sitting with a bunch of people. You know, people get annoyed with talking or whatever. It just kind of comes with the territory when yep. you're with that many people. I love that experience. Comedy, Oppenheimer anything i would love to have seen a barbie kind of seemed to be the one to go see in a big crowd this weekend i mean people were like making a, a day out of it you know going to get mimosas or whatever brunch yeah going out to eat afterward wearing pink with all their best friends so i just i loved it but that's uh, that is kind of a generational thing right there because i i used to i used to used to go to the big event you know i remember when the exorcist came out we waited in oh. a two block line in flint to get to the movie theater it was such a, a demand to go see it there is a new, I can't believe I forgot about this, man. It almost stole the show out of the movie trailer for a new Exorcist. I want to say it's Exorcist Believers. Yeah. This trailer, man. <laughs> first off, the Exorcist has always been something that scared the absolute out of me more than anything else. I can't me too. watch those. Even me to this too. day, I can't really watch them. They had the Exorcist theme on this trailer. Two girls <laughs> that are possessed. It looks incredible. I'm telling you, this is a movie that, get ready for it. October 13, it comes out. I didn't know about it. I didn't even know it was a thing until I saw this trailer. It Ooh. looks great. Wow. See, there's something like that, too, going to the movies where you get to see the trailers. I know it's like kind of, you know, it's different now. You can see everything on YouTube. You can see everything on Twitter, you know, whatever. But there's something cool about going to a movie and you get to see a new trailer. You know, now everyone's going to know about it because it's been out for a week or whatever. But that that makes the movie going experience cool, too. That definitely does. Well, I've got one thing. I stayed home, just watched my television and uh, I watched on Max. You guys know I like my murder mysteries. We just finished a four-parter, and it's called, and speaking of Barbie, it's called Ken and Barbie Killers, okay? The Lost Murder Tapes. I don't know if you've seen that flash up there and had any interest in clicking on it. 
But yeah, my this... daughter actually tonight it's on Hulu also, and <laughs> I, I turned on Hulu and she was like, "Oh, Daddy, look Barbie. a Barbie show," and I was <laughs> like, eh, "I don't think this is the Barbie show you want to watch." Oh, yeah. Let <laughs> me tell you, it's probably not even something you want to watch. This thing, this is going to haunt me. I mean, I was dreaming about it last night. This is one of the most horrendous things. <laughs> this this Ken and Barbie in Canada. And, and what they came up with, you know, they killed three different young girls, you know, teenage girls, the way it ended up. But it was so brutally done. And they actually videotaped these things. And think about this. The, 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 I don't want to give away too much if you watch it. But I will say this. The jurors actually watched the tapes. You know, they kept oh. it away from the public. And the jurors watched the tapes of these killings and torturing they had PTSD, you know, they had yeah, real issues after that. They thank God they didn't show any of the videotapes or anything in this documentary, but the four parter, it was just mind boggling how evil these two individuals were. And they were, they had everything in front of them. You know, it's called Ken and Barbie. I mean, they were good looking young people in Toronto, Canada. And the, well, and the husband guy, he, he started out as a rapist up in Toronto. He's, he, like, was called the Scarborough Rapist. He raped nine different women, he had, but he ended up hooking up with this Barbie chick. They ended up getting married, and then they did some of their shenanigans together. So if you want to watch a, a murder mystery, I know that's probably not say, not laying that out like, man, I got to watch this. But I will tell you, of all these murder mysteries that I've seen, this one was very disturbing. Yeah. But it was really interesting and well done. Yeah, I wonder if you watched this one on Max, you said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder if the one that I've seen on Hulu is the same, or maybe it's a different... Probably the same you know, case, maybe a different Yeah, same case, possibly. but maybe just done differently. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely be curious to watch it. Yeah. I feel um, bad for the jurors, man. I mean, I think right. about, no. we've all been summoned to jury duty a time or two. Right. Just imagine showing up and, oh, oh, by the way, we're going to show you these three tapes of these girls just getting mauled. Yes. Like, good Lord. Can Who's you imagine? <laughs> yeah. I made no a mistake one. once of uh, watching, and this was back in the, uh, the the Saudi Arabia stuff, you know, the the Middle East war and stuff. And there, I saw something on the internet of a guy getting beheaded, and I actually I saw it, and it, it scarred <laughs> me for I don't know why I clicked on it, and I, I after I clicked on it and watched it, I go, oh my god, what did I just watch? And I mean, it was it, it was horrifying, horrifying. That, that was your that was your introduction into the internet. No. Yes. Yeah, not everything on the internet is good. God almighty. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> but this is pretty good. This is pretty good. Title title of video, Guy Gets Beheaded. Oh, let's yeah. see what it is. <laughs> it, was, it, it, uh, it was a big mistake. Yeah. Matt, didn't you have uh, something or am I misremembering? Yeah, well, I just mentioned. So, you know, I, I gave my review on the idol. We've kind of, we haven't said oh, yeah. that we're going to stop it. But we've kind of... <laughs> We've moved on. So True Detective, I know you guys have Whoa. both talked about that. And I've always wanted to get to it, especially the first season with McConaughey and, and Woody Harrelson. We, we finally were, were two episodes in. We just started it. And we're both like we're, we're itching to get through this this first season because I don't know if we'll get to the other ones, you know, because I know you guys have even said it started to fall off a little bit. But this season with McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, we were like, all right, we got to get to this at some point. But these first two episodes been fantastic i mean yes. it's one of those you don't you just want to watch it all you don't yeah. want to stop you just want to keep going 
So we're excited, excited to finish it. It is a good watch. So I guess you kind of buried the lead with the mention of the idol. What what was the final? Did you, you petered out? You're not, you're not, you're not getting into the rest of it. I want to, yeah, I want to finish it. I don't know if my wife is really all that into it. I want (laughs) to finish it. At least I want to watch another episode or two and see if it either really falls off or if it actually starts to get kind of interesting. Cause like I said, I still think the story, I I think there's something there. It's just pretty poorly done yeah and i think you said last week jared there, there's talks that it might come back actually i don't think they've officially like said it's not I, okay I, I don't know you i agree i mean we, we've rehashed it but i mean it is such a, an interesting idea it's like it, they the only way they could have screwed it up is by doing what they did and right right yeah. let's call it a podcast then boys this has been presented by memorial Healthcare's wellness center and skyman cannabis also our local partners az printing solutions Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. And thanks again to Brady Beaton of GetStuckOnSports.com. Check him out. Don't forget to follow us on the socials at Three Point Pod. And as we always say, peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.